0: Welcome into the 11 Dubcast, sponsored by the Dry Goods store at 11warriors.com. Check us out for, you know, shirts, hats, stickers, and more, drygoods.11warriors.com. I am Johnny Ginter. I have some news that I want to talk about a little bit for the 11 Dubcast. So it's 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 kind of sad news. We're going to have to bid adieu to uh, my co-host, Bo Bishop. Um, he sends his best completely, you know, copacetic, everything's great, but unfortunately, time-wise it was just become really really difficult for him to do the dubcast. and i don't know if you really know too much about Bo's schedule but the guy is doing a a daily radio show in 97.1 he works with the browns on their tv and, and other media stuff and he was like going back and forth between columbus and cleveland and just doing a whole lot of extra you know stuff so unfortunately in between that and raising three young boys i think all under the age of seven or eight at this point um it just it became a little bit too much um so he has to bid uh, the dubcast to do, but but, and good news and great news. Frankly, uh, we have a new co-host, someone you're really familiar with, and that is my good friend Andy Vance. How you doing, man? I'm Doing great, Johnny. I'm I'm excited. I'm
1: I'm tickled pink, as we'd say back home, to <laughs> join the illustrious hall of eleven dubcasters. Thanks for having me, and uh, boy, man, I'm as a listener, I'm super bummed because I'm a huge fan. Uh, an old radio guy, huge fan of of Bo's work. He's one of my favorite sportscasters in, in Ohio media in general, in the Columbus market in particular. So, uh, But, hey, my hat's off to him. He's the hardest working man in show business right now.
0: He is. The dude really just run himself ragged. And I appreciate all the work that he did with the Dubcast for about two years, really. I mean, the guy was putting in a lot of work for us. And and honestly, I'm a little worried for you, Andy, because I believe you are Dubcast co-host number five. Is that is that hey. correct?
1: I, uh, I I think when we were sketching out the other night that sounds right. Okay. Uh I don't know <laughs> if we can treat this kind of, five isn't quite like, you know, I'm the 999th Lord Commander of the Night's Watch or anything <laughs> like that. But uh yeah, five five is uh, I feel like it's a lucky number for me. We'll, we'll we'll go with that.
0: Well, Michael Citro called me Captain Trip, so hopefully I'm not that contagious and I'm not like actually, you know, infecting the people that I, uh, you know, co-host with. But I will say I I, I am really excited to have you. Um, obviously we've had you on many guest spots before and you've always done a great job. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun and especially survive this...
1: the gauntlet on the job training. <laughs>
0: That's right. Well, and you're in the middle of a season here, which I think a lot of people are understandably getting really, really excited about Ohio state. Uh, you know, obviously recording this on Wednesday, so it's a little bit of old news, but I say in case you didn't hear one by over 70 points against Miami <laughs> last Saturday, uh, kind of for me, a confirmation that everything that they're doing is currently working really, really, really well. Um my key takeaway and we're not going to spend a lot of time on this because we do want to talk a little bit about Nebraska and get to some other things. My key takeaway on this Andy was that to me um this is confirmation of something that I was really hoping for uh, at the beginning of the season which is that you're going to have an incredibly coherent offensive philosophy under Ryan Day. One of the things I tweeted out was that um they're for instance, the amount of plays that they've had per game has been ridiculous. I think the first game was like 71, and then 72, and then 73, and then 71 plays. Like, they're incredibly consistent in terms of that. They're uh, Their balance, their rush-pass balance, I think they've passed for 1,058 yards. They've rushed for 1,040 yards, right? So this is just incredibly intentional, balanced passing attack. And when you've got an improved defense, man, like they, this looks like a dangerous team right now.
1: What just blows my mind about this team is the the offense I wasn't super worried about because we had glimpses of what Ryan Day's offensive philosophy might look like. I was so concerned, I guess, maybe cautiously optimistic was the phrase I used a lot about the defense. And so seeing that you have this offensive juggernaut coupled with, hey, maybe the silver bullets really are back. It's right. That The Miami game was a total annihilation in all all three phases of football, but but I'm with you. The, the team appears to have just been building. They have this identity. They know who they are. When you started talking about the number of plays, I'm a big fan of Bill Connolly, the SPN, um, and some of the advanced statistics he does. I really like his SP plus rating system. I think it encapsulates quite a lot. But he went through and and did his thing. Looking at Ohio State versus Miami, uh, and Ohio State is above the national average in pretty much every statistical measure. I mean, the their their drives, um, plays, plays were just marginally above the national average, but uh, the yardage. I mean, almost. Yeah you know, two thirds better than the national average scoring opportunities, looked at things like, um, yards per play yards per drive, uh, scoring opportunities per drive. I mean, the the team um, that Miami game has scoring opportunities on 80% of its drives, right? That's, that's pretty incredible. You're scoring more or less, um, six point I think it was six and a half points per scoring opportunity so you're looking and saying you're getting a touchdown on almost every drive in that game that's that, that's incredible turnover well, margin you know and just go on down through it was it was just absolute beauty um yeah. from start to finish
0: and pulling up what a forty two point quarter <laughs> like I don't I mean you know, I don't care who that's against. you score 42 points on a quarter, you're doing something correct. like something is going well with whatever you're you're trying to accomplish. and I will say this. obviously, you know and, and we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but you know the teams aren't a murderer's row that they face, but they're better defensively than you might think. Um, so I, I mean, to me, what's interesting is, is what's going to happen if they encounter a team that, uh, can take away something that they do. I think Ohio state is still a little bit vulnerable. Um, if they have a team that can stuff the run a little bit, but I, you know, overall, I'm super optimistic about this and going into the Nebraska game and you've got a game on the road. It's at night. Um, it's going to be an intense game. I don't know that the, the talent that you're playing is, is super scary right now. But do you – let me ask you this. Do you think this is a game that has the potential to be a trap game a la Iowa, a la, you know, Purdue?
1: I'll I'll be surprised if it goes quite to the heart of darkness like that. Right. But this – I mean, I think this is – and part of the reason I think that is, you know, you're going to Lincoln. Uh, it's one of the all-time great environments for college football. Fantastic fan base. You know, one of the kind of the the, the halls of – uh, the cathedrals of the sport it's a night game it's nationally televised this is the coming out party in a lot of ways for the Buckeyes because even though they've had those those big noon games on Fox that have have been kind of Fox's calling cards hey we're going to build up our noon time slot by putting the Buckeyes in their huge fan base on there, there there's no doubt that being on a prime slot against uh you know a blue blood team like Nebraska is going to draw a lot more eyeballs than watching Miami get annihilated at three 30 in the afternoon. So that I think has, has the potential to probably keep people on high alert within uh, the locker room. And, and uh, that, that probably wards off the trap game feel to it, I, I think, but what would have me concerned is don't, don't read your own press releases and start believing your own hype too much. Right. So you come out of a game like Miami and you start feeling like hey we're we are invincible we can win the natty you heard some conversation uh, you know one one player in particular saying hey we believe we can win the natty that's great <laughs> but but i want you to stay hungry for it right like that's the that's the trick is to stay on the right side of cocky
0: right yeah and that and that really is the thing i mean what's interesting to me and this is like you know when you have a new coach okay when when you're bringing in somebody new you Part of it is you have to establish your own identity. And I think part of doing that is convincing um, the fan base and people who follow your team that not only are you, you know, just as good or better as the person that came before you, but whatever their tendencies or whatever bad things that they had, you're going to specifically address them, right? So if the defense you know, has had a crappy couple seasons under Urban Meyer towards the end of that, you've got to prove that the defense is going to look better right under your regime if you're going to lose to inferior teams on the road because maybe you don't take them seriously or they you know out scheme you or something like that you've got to prove that that's not going to happen to you as a head coach and with Jim Trestle obviously like his thing was the biggest thing it was the game um but I think with with Ryan Day he's really got to prove that um you know he's not going to fall into some of the traps that Urban Meyer did and again Urban Meyer great coach national championship all that stuff that's awesome But there are obviously some things that Ohio state fans griped about and some things that you didn't want to see towards the end. And I, you know, some missed opportunities with the playoff because you lost some really stupid games. So in my opinion, the biggest thing about Saturday is Ryan day proving that um, he is an urban Meyer and he will be able to win a decisive night game on the road against a team that really doesn't have the talent that you do. Um, And, and avoid that trap that, you know, has Herbert hurt urban Meyer in the last couple of seasons. So to me, that's really interesting. And again, like the Nebraska, I mean, with Scott Frost, I think that's an interesting team regardless, you know, they, you know, they're three and one and they've got a quarterback that can do a lot of really interesting things. Their defense still looks terrible. Um, I it doesn't seem like that's been fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just, I don't know. Do you have a, do you have a prediction for this? Cause I honestly haven't even sent Dan my score prediction yet, which I need. To
1: yeah. I, I think I took Ohio state 42, 17 um, in, in my official staff prediction. Uh, if I look at, if I go back to those SP plus numbers, um, Ohio state should be, should frankly be about a 22 point favorite um, yeah. based on the analytics. I think the line was 17 and a half. Uh, when when i submitted my staff picks so you know i'm i for sure believe they can cover even even given even given the corn huskers a two and a half point uh home field advantage i'd, I'd still feel pretty good about them covering 17 and a half, 18 18 and a half points probably the thing the thing that's interesting about nebraska i think frost's dealing with his own set of establishing expectations and and in many cases meeting expectations. He's, he's not quite um, to the savior complex situation that Harbaugh was when, when he rolled into Ann Arbor, but Hey, there was a lot of excitement. The, the hail, the conquering hero is coming back home. He's going to pull the program back out of the depths. It's going to be, you know, all unicorns and roses. And so far it's been a little, it's been a little harder than that. Right. So yeah, he's, he's dealing with that three and one's not a terrible place to be, but I watched that Illinois game and Lovey Smith had him on the ropes there. You know, that was a, that was a, that was a tough game for the Cornhuskers. It was really interesting to see how they performed on the road against a team that um, you might have been forgiven for expecting to be a pushover.
0: Yeah. Compared to a
1: program like Nebraska.
0: And really, I mean, when you look at Nebraska, it all goes through, you know, Adrian Martinez and, and that's, that's the other thing that I am kind of curious about is: Are there going to be, you know, parts of whatever scheme that is being run by like Madison Halfing and all that 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 can be exploited by a guy like Martinez because he has such a it's not a really unique skill set anymore, but the guy can run clearly. I mean, he's gonna throw it a bajillion times, right? He's gonna throw. I, I think against against Illinois, like he threw for over three hundred yards. I mean, the guy. The entire team is going to like live or die on how he performs, but I am curious to see how they like try to defend him, and not necessarily because it's Adrian Martinez, but just because it's a mobile quarterback that's multi talented and has a lot of different things and and going forward, i mean if any opponent you know for Ohio State in the future sees some kind of schematic weakness, they're going to attack it as much as they possibly can. And I'm curious to see if that reveals itself on Saturday. I have no idea. I, I honestly have no clue how they might try to approach this. And that's part of what makes a new season exciting, but it's also mm-hmm. kind of like what's making it really nerve wracking <laughs> because, right. you know, it's happened before. And I've seen, you know, I've I've been party to these stupid Ohio state losses where you're like, they just need to stop this one guy and it'd be okay. I rem—I mean, you know, I remember Boo Jackson for you know Ohio University, <laughs> looking pretty good for a driver, too, right? Like it's—it's it's stuff right. like that that just keeps you up at night. And knowing how talented Martinez is, um, I, again, I—I I, I agree with you. I think Ohio State's going to cover, but Martinez can make this a lot more interesting than uh, than maybe it should be, at least for you know a half or so. Um, I want to—I want to move real quick to this. I—I I obviously I wrote a lot about this. Uh, over the weekend, I was weekend editor last weekend. I did a buckshot about it. I posted a, like a front page thing about it, uh, just basically letting Ohio State fans revel and shot in Florida. And then I did my threat level on Monday. Uh, Michigan, what, what? Okay, I can tell you all day what I think is going on with Michigan from a person who I don't really hear <laughs> three times in a weekend about what's happening there and, and their destruction at the hands of Wisconsin. What do you think is going on with Harbaugh?
1: I have expressed befuddlement at what's going on with Harbaugh. I, a friend of the program, Carl and the, uh, the, the, uh, uh, dealer or, uh, not plane dealer. Get doggone it wrong, wrong city in Columbus, but had a great tweet over the weekend. He's like, you know, when you look under Harbaugh, Oh, and four versus Ohio state, one and nine versus top 10, and seven as a dog, one and six on the road against ranked opponents. And, Five losses by more than twenty-one points, including three of their last five games. Holy smokes! Like that's terrible. Gosh, when you put it like that, Kyle, it sure sounds bad.
0: (laughs) And what I love about Kyle, people always like accuse, like especially Ohio State fans who know his work uh, at Eleven Warriors, and like, oh, he's he's a traitor. He's a Michigan. No, (laughs) that's not Kyle's. That's not his (laughs) shtick. That's not. That's not what he does. Kyle loves telling hard truths to fan bases that don't like to hear them. Yeah. And, um, in this case, he's definitely directing that towards Michigan fans who really, and he's right, uh, need to wake up a little bit because it, it's been bad. And when you, it's, it's, it's one thing to lose three or five. That's, that's bad. But when you're talking about like, you know, you've got your big rivalry game, you got a bowl game and then maybe an early game at the beginning. That's, that's fine. Like you're going to lose occasionally. I think, you know, urban Meyer even had one where he lost like two out of his last three or whatever, a couple of times. Um, but when you lose in the fashion that they've lost, that should signal some pretty loud alarm bells. Um, and holy hell, dude! Like, I, did you watch the the Wisconsin game? Yes, I did. And what is your me- chief take? If you were if you were a doctor, you got a you got a patient laying on the gurney. Except in this case, it's the Michigan football program. What is your diagnosis, doctor? What is what is afflicting this team?
1: What's well, the opposite of what you said about Ohio State earlier? There is no identity. We were talking right. about how the great thing about what you've seen in the the, the first four games under Ryan Days, the the finding of this offensive identity and and uh, how that's blossomed. There just isn't one in Wisconsin. Like, what do you say about Wisconsin, about Michigan? What do they do well? What is, yeah. what is it that they're they're hanging their hats on right now? I I'm not sure I can tell you. Uh, it's it's I don't really... think I don't think
0: Jim Harbaugh could tell you. Like that's the thing. Like they bring in Gattis to like reformat their offense and whatnot because they didn't have faith in it and they didn't. But it, it look it's just a complete mess. Like it is just a mishmash of like four or five different concepts that they just kind of like you know roll dice and pull out of a hat and say okay let's do it. And it it rarely works. Like you know you'll have a drive where they'll run the ball six straight times for like three yards, right? Mm-hmm. Like. And then yeah. they punt, and then you know their turnovers is a whole other I mean I don't know like that's to me crazy level stuff going on with that, but um just they have no offensive identity. I one hundred percent agree with that, and it's mind boggling that uh Jim Harbaugh, right, is someone who you would hope would be able to establish that is just completely flailing in that regard, and it's hilarious, but you know and what, what what what
1: what blows my mind is you know you you can win at the game of football, a lot of different ways. Jim Trestle won it, and people use the word Trestle ball as, as a pejorative now, right? But he won with a very specific brand yeah. of football. Myers, part, yeah, Yeah, I mean, Urban Meyer's spread was radically different, and Ohio State embraced that offensive philosophy, and it worked. Yeah. And you could win national championships that way. Ryan Day has come in with a more pro style offense, you know, or with that, with that, uh, more flavor of pro style, than that college quarterback has to run spread kind of philosophy, but has a, uh, has appeared to be successful. And I think has the ability to be playoff caliber or title caliber based on what we've the early returns. So you can, you don't have to do it the way Alabama does it or the way Clemson does it, or even the way Ohio state did it, but you have to know who you are and and you have to come up with some sort of guiding philosophy because that's what drives right. recruiting. That's what drives, I mean, that's what drives everything. You say this is who we are. And, and you go and make, and you go and make it work. And right now it's like they're lost. They're in the wilderness. They're wandering aimlessly. It's, I mean, it's beautiful to behold uh, <laughs> for people on the right side of the wall, but it's, um, boy, I'm just, I don't understand how you can come back as again, the conquering hero the, the savior of the program the sainted michigan man and just look this clueless
0: yeah i think i think he's done i mean you look at the schedule i think you can find like even three or three to five more losses on that schedule with the way they're playing right now and, and look they could turn around they have enough talent where they can not become i don't they're we're not winning the big 10 or anything like that but no. they can become competent right they can they can win 9-10 games whatever but it will require a radical departure from what we have seen so far at the beginning of the season. And to me, what is really wild, like the, the part to me that is, I don't want to say funny because it's it like, it'd be more funny if it were the opposite direction, but it just feels like Jim Harbaugh is so disconnected. He just does not the fire, the joke, like the fun stuff that we really liked about it. When he first came to the big 10, just seems completely depleted. Um, and he just seems disinterested. And it, it sucks because the team just has no, like fire no interest and and it's hilarious when they lose to the likes of wisconsin and get beaten in the way that they have been yeah um but when they're just kind of slogging through their crappy teams on the schedule and winning by seven points and they're half asleep like that's just a waste of my time and i like you know and i sit here and i watch all of the games right i watch their games every saturday waste my time watching Mm -hmm. them just muddy through this stuff I will happily watch them, you know, get the absolute crap kicked out of them by Wisconsin. That's funny. I yeah. really don't have patience for them. Like, you know, winning a 25 to, you know, 20 game against, you know, Illinois or something like, that's not fun for me. That just sucks. And I don't want to see a Michigan that is that boring. I want them to either be ultra terrible, right. Yeah. Well, frankly Isn't great for Ohio state, but like, it's funny for a season. Uh, briefly ultra terrible or at least competent enough to make the rivalry mean something and to make my, you know, stupid 500 word (laughs) post that I put out there. Uh, By the way, the most popular post on 11 Warriors in over a month, thank you. Uh, (laughs) Crapping on Michigan for (laughs) losing to Wisconsin. It's so
1: good. That's Uh, one of my favorite series.
0: It's so Uh, funny. uh, Well, it's funny. It's not funny because I'm hilarious. It's funny to me that it's like, like people love crapping on Michigan and I don't blame them because they deserve it. It's 100% deserved.
1: And that's, I'm angry about it. Cause I got to watch them
0: play football, but you know, it's stupid. But
1: um, you, I mean, but here's the thing, like, look ahead. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about what your life's going to be like for the next month, Johnny, cause I care about you as a person and I'm saying, okay, I appreciate that. All right. So I'm, go, I'm going to go ahead and, I'm going to go ahead and give them Rutgers. I, I'm, the, the, they're going to, they're going to win they get Rutgers in Ann Arbor. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, they're going to win.
1: But then after that, you know, so you've got Iowa. That's a top 15 team. and Iowa could
0: be favored in that game.
1: Iowa genetically is going to be more like Wisconsin. And uh, we just saw what kind of trouble the Badgers gave the Wolverines. Then you go and you say, okay, then they're going to Illinois. Well, Lovey Smith just gave Nebraska all they could handle in Champaign. Hmm. Then you're going to go on the road to Penn state, uh, you know, which uh, is a top probable 12 team loss. now could be a top 10 team that that's a probable loss. Yeah. You, you, then you're hosting, um, top 10 Notre Dame. Oh, well, Again, that's a definite prob- loss. I, I don't see I that. Mean, you, you could get to the end of October seeing Michigan having lost three out of four games.
0: Yeah. And here's, here's what it boils down to for me, man. Like I, I think this is it for Jim Harbaugh, unless he suddenly finds motivation and they figure some stuff out. It's, I think it's done. Like, I think he's done. And, and, and I know like he's getting paid a gajillion dollars and his buyout is like 15 million or whatever. They'll fit. They'll find it like their endowments, a trillion dollars. They got boosters. They'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, you know, I, I think they might see Matt Campbell hanging around and go like, Ooh, Maddie. C. I, have, like, I
1: mean, I have a hard time envisioning it going that bad that fast, but I also look and say, what's magically going to change between now and the end of September.
0: Sure. Nothing. And I can't, I mean, and I story. I can't come up with an answer that makes sense. Yeah, but here's the other thing: like at big at big colleges like this, things get out of control quickly for coaches if they're not going well. Like it's one thing if you're if you're Lovey Smith at Illinois, or if you're you know kind of even writing it out, you know Kirk Ferentz has a you know real crappy season or something like that. They'll give you leeway, but at Michigan, you know even with somebody with the cachet that a guy like you know Harbaugh has, I just think things can spiral out of control really quickly. And if he has the, you know, the October that I think, you know, we might think he has, then who knows what it's going to be, you know, at the end of the season. So this was, it, I mean, it, it might sound like we're overemphasizing a loss to a good team, but you would only say that if you didn't actually watch the game, <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah. they were awful. They were
1: awful. And, and I think, I mean, I think their loss was worse than the score indicated. I think yes. there were some, oh, you know, some garbage, you know, garbage time touchdowns at the end that, I mean, it was, that game was out of hand quickly.
0: Yes. They had like two, like drive killing turnovers. I mean, their, their first, their first drive really almost resulted in a touchdown. There was the 68 mm-hmm. yard bomb that Shea threw. And then like a play later, they fumble it away. And, and that's, I mean, that's been their MO. Like they just can't hold onto the ball, but it's, yeah, it's wild. And and so I'm going to, I'm going to keep track of them. Obviously we're going to keep doing the threat levels. I, <laughs> I maybe got to come up with threat level lower than low. I'm not sure how I'm going to be able to do that. <laughs>
1: I like um, I like the uh, I appreciate I like people the reading Michigan reading it, fan. I try to
0: make it funny and entertaining but like you know, I got to try to get, I'm going to have to get creative. That's, I guess what I'm saying. It's I like hard. the Michigan
1: fan. I think it was on Reddit that I saw that said you overstated the threat. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're at the lowest right. level in the scale. And he's like, I think they overstate the threat
0: level. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see what I do with it. Um, It'll be, it'll be interesting. So again, I appreciate everybody who reads it. It's, it's fun to write. And I, you know, and I'm, I'm glad it's got positive feedback. Cause that's always fun as a writer um okay so don't forget check out our dry Goods store shirts hats, stickers and more we've got uh you know it's it's i looked at the long-term forecast merciful mercifully god willing and about eight nine days it is actually going to feel like fall in ohio it's not going to be summer anymore um just in time for like october to kind of come around so we do have hats we've got some things that you can get uh to hopefully hopefully wear when it's not you know 95 degrees outside and and fall which is just the worst freaking thing in the history universe um let's do some ask us anything if you'd like to ask us questions please send them to dubcast at 11 warriors.com or at 11 dubcast on twitter uh the most popular way to send these definitely seems, seems to be uh, via um email but you can you can definitely check us out on twitter and hit us up follow us uh at 11 dubcast always one of my favorite things to do is um people will send me questions on uh on twitter and they don't really expect me to respond because it's like the official dubcast whatever and then they like get real freaked out when i do it's like oh (laughs) it was like one of those things where like oh you know you knock like a solicitor knocks on the door they're just trying to like you know leave something in your mailbox and then you pop it open like oh crap Now i gotta talk to this person um regardless i love hearing from all of you this is from rob rob from brecksville ohio which i don't know where that's at but that's a pretty great name for a town uh rob says are people missing the bigger picture with student athletes making money from their likeness what i'm asking is could this open the way for a new ncaa football game and and, you know you've got a couple states you got california and some other states uh south carolina maybe north carolina one of the carolinas i think is is pushing to allow athletes to profit from their own likeness Rob just wants to play some NCAA. Is he is he gonna get it? My
1: man is asking the important questions. These are the questions that people want answers to. I love it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is, here's, by here's, way, the way, that th- is the most important part of paying athletes. Are we going to get to play NCAA again? <laughs> so. Hey, and here's the thing. Like, I'll 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 be one
1: of these that'll be be real honest about my own conflicted feelings on the pay the players issue. Mm-hmm. On on the one hand, I really like this uh, this myth, if you will, of amateurism, and I and I sure. kind of think the word myth is is probably fairly used there uh, because we probably overstate how big a deal amateurism is or not. But but I I like the concept, right? And so I like there's a certain purity about uh, college football that is lost to me uh, in the NFL. There that is, and I love the NFL, um, but football in general is the one sport that I follow most closely that has college and professional analog. And I, I just, I love it. It's, it's a beautiful thing. So I hate to see it, you know, go to a place that's, that's going to be radically different based on, you know, as, uh, as the classic film Spaceballs put it, the search for more money. Now that (laughs) said, I also have a really hard time with the concept that your average college student athlete can't get a part-time job to pay for books and beer. Now, Right. I will grant you they're getting a lot more benefits than I got as an undergrad that you got Johnny as an undergrad, sure. um, you know, food and training tables and study help and all those sorts of things. But, you know, you can't, as, uh, as I've seen it on many athletes, Twitter feeds, you know, you can't eat, um, the, the support that you get as a student, you know, you can't um, uh, buy your girlfriend a Coke with your, your tuition that's getting paid for, you know? So there's something to be said for, I could go get a part-time job as a, as a student. Yeah. Uh, well, they can't do that because of this, this whole veil of amateurism. So right. what's the way to be King Solomon and cut the baby in half? Let well, to make money off their likeness. That's yeah. a, that's, that's a reasonable compromise between Ohio state writing a paycheck and, us just pretending that these kids don't need to have some way to generate income. an income.
0: I just think, I mean, so I actually agree with that. And I do think that that's probably the best way to go about it. And I, I think that, I mean, it opens a can of worms no matter what you do and people are it like, does. well, you know, what about this? What about this? I'm like, okay, we'll I have to figure that out. Like anytime you do something new, there's going to be unforeseen you know, consequences and that's fine. That's part of doing something new. You've got to, you've got to kind of like, you know, prepare as much as you can, but acknowledge that it's not going to, fix everything immediately and then you'll have to make tweaks and things like that uh i, I think it's ridiculous that some that a, a citizen of the united states you know would not be able to you know profit off their own likeness i feel like it's pretty antithetical to our our way of life but in a larger sense uh no i don't think we're gonna see ncaa football because of the issues involved um i don't know that you know allowing students well not anytime soon anyway not anytime soon, and it, which is unfortunate. I still have I still have the demo for NCAA fourteen on my PS three <laughs> that we use as a Blu ray player in our bedroom. My guy, um, which is pretty hilarious. But uh, you know, I I think the idea that Jim Trestle would be taken down because players sold their own property is the most asinine thing in the history of the universe. Um, you know, stuff like that is just clearly stupid. And yes. Yeah, there are a lot of things that need to go for that. I don't know that you're going to get your NCAA football anytime soon, but I would rather, you know, if 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 players are able to profit off their own likeness and then it takes a little while to get that, that sweet, sweet video game, I'm willing to wait. And I think that's the larger issue is that we need to make sure that they have a way to basically do what anybody else would be able to do. So yep. that's kind of how I feel about that. Um, next we this from Tim. Tim just wants to know, we kind of cover this briefly is Michigan better than fifth place in the big 10 Eastern division. Uh, no, they're not. How about that? That's my answer. No, <laughs> I,
1: I, I can definitely, I mean, I can't put them higher than four. Like you start looking at the, the standings and you go down through the list. It's, I mean, it's not hard to get them to four for sure. And yeah, I think there's a real because let's look at it this way. Okay. Ohio state, Michigan state, Penn state, all clearly better. Right. Um, You know, better, better records and just better teams. And so then the only challenge I have getting them to five is who I put in the four spot. Is it, is it Maryland at two and one without a conference game to their record yet? Eh, Maybe let's see how they, let's see how they play this weekend. So that, that would be my only question. I'm not. Right. I'm not willing to put. It's. It's not Rutgers. Uh, Rutgers is still the the back of the pack there in the East anyway. Now, yeah. if we're talking the overall conference, here's the kicker: if you're a Michigan fan, so I'm going to put Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State all ahead of of Michigan, and then in the West, I'm going to put Iowa and Wisconsin ahead of them for sure. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm willing to put the Cornhuskers ahead of Michigan just yet. Let's see how they look uh, versus Ohio State. But, you know, if they give Ohio State a game, then I might be willing to say, yeah, Nebraska could Michigan, even be ahead of there because that's a team that's 3-1 and one and 1-0 one and in the conference.
0: The Michigan Wolverines are the worst team in the history of college football. How about that? <laughs> there you go. I love <laughs> they it. They are shoot dead it last in the big Shoot, shoot it into my no, veins. No, but, the, I mean, you're right. You're right. And it's it, we'll see how this season go, I mean, the, you know, the rest of the games go and, and how this weekend goes. But, man, they look bad on Saturday. It was bad. Uh, this one's from Sun Card. Sun Card wants to know, on 11th, Eleven thirty, 30 right so november 30th at 5 p.m when harbaugh is fired do you think luke fickle will throw his hat into the ring no and <laughs> no <laughs> he would consider look i i don't think so either but I, if michigan came calling which i don't think they will because cincinnati's probably not going to have as good a season as they did last year um but if michigan came calling it you got to listen right like you at least have to listen to their pitch i don't think he'd do it but i i think he would listen to what they had to say
1: I, I hope Michigan calls him and here's why two, two reasons. One, I want, I want my man Luke to get paid. And so you use that sweet, sweet Ann Arbor offer uh, as a bargaining chip to get more money on that next contract, whatever, whatever Cincinnati can afford to pay, take it all. That'd be, that'd be great. And oh, then yeah. reason yeah. number two to tell Ann Arbor, so sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a big fat no for me. Thanks. Which would like, also that'd be, be great. funny. It would be be great. So, yeah, it ain't going to happen, but I'm with you. I hope they ask. Now, here's the thing. You know, if you put yourself in the shoes of the athletic department – um, uh, maybe you need to go, go find an Ohio state guy, get off this, uh, nonsense of the Michigan man, because Great. anytime, uh, anything good has ever happened to Michigan, it's been because they've either recruited, uh, a player or a coach in the case of uh, the late Bo Schimpechler from, uh, Ohio and, and had a tie to Ohio in some way. So maybe that's what they got to do. You got to go get a guy like Fick to, to bring them out of the depths of despair and, and not stink again.
0: Well, I mean, and maybe from a practical sense, like if you want to make inroads into the best and most fertile, you know, recruiting grounds right next door to you, then yeah, you want somebody from Ohio that actually knows the area and can make those kind of connections and hopefully eat away at, you know, Ohio state's dominance of the state. Um, I don't think, honestly, I really, you know, I I do think Jim Harbaugh will get fired at the end of the season. I don't think the last would fickle. Uh, I think, I think Matt Campbell and, you know, other people like that will probably be higher on their list, but um you know you never know what's gonna happen in this crazy workaday world Let, we have a lot of questions i want to keep some of them you know in reserve uh because we are kind of limited on time i do want to ask this last one though from matt matt wants to know andy what is your favorite barbecue nationally his is fox bro's barbecue in atlanta ga
1: Let me write that down because, uh, I get to, I get to the ATL from time to time. So I'm always, always happy for more barbecue. So I've got, I've got two favorites, um, right now that I'm super high on just partly because I just came back from Kansas city, which is a great, one of the all-time great barbecue barbecue cities. yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's. There's a boatload of places. So, if you are into kind of the foodie movement, or you want to maybe something a little upscale, um, I am all on board with a place called Q30. They actually have two locations now. One one's out in Overland Park, and the other, oh, uh, maybe in more in Kansas City proper. But but have been to both of them. Super. Outstanding! The burnt ends are fantastic. Uh, you could just go there and and just tell them to bring you a pound of burnt ends and go away happy. But uh, the pork I've had is good there. The brisket I had there is good. The the burnt ends are great. Sides were all were all fine. Um, really good. The other one, so at the opposite end of that, if you just want to go into a place that looks like a dive bar or a hole in the wall. Uh, and just get some good, sit down at a picnic table and eat with your fingers barbecue. Great place. I think it was called Scott's Kitchen. And it's right at the end of the airport. They're um, uh, Mid-Continent International. You fly into Kansas City and you basically just drive to the end of the runway and turn right. It's there in a little cinder block looking building next to the Motel 6 or whatever the hotel is there. Fantastic barbecue. Really good stuff. Uh, and not half bad sweet tea for not being truly in the South.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing I love about barbecue, right? Because it's like, there's so many regional varieties. There's so many different, like, you know, places and things that you can try out that it's one of the, it is a really just American cuisine. It's just, it's awesome. I, I I really like trying different kinds, same with like beer and stuff. Like I just try to, you know, I don't know. I I really enjoy just seeing what the variants are and and whatnot. Um, A while ago, my wife and I went to Mammoth Cave uh down in kentucky and we just kind of did like a you know it wasn't a weekend it was a little bit longer than that i think maybe we took three or four days and just went to a bed and breakfast and and hung out and by the way if you've never been to uh to mammoth cave i won like maybe it's one of those cheesy things people don't really think about going to or whatever but i thought it was badass i really enjoyed it um we went to um i think we went to yeah bowling green and which is kind of nearby. Yeah. And we it's not a it's not a barbecue place per se. And I was actually looking this up because I saw this um I saw this question a little bit ahead of time. There is a place called uh 440 Main in Bowling Green. Um that has it's not strictly a barbecue place, but they have some excellent uh barbecue options that you can try out. And we got like I think we got some like ribs and we got some uh we got like a flight of like bourbon or whatever. And it was fantastic. It's one of the best meals I've ever had. So that was really, and that was just like a random place that we just kind of like stumbled upon and just said, okay, we're, I mean, it's, it's a higher class place, but it was a really good time. It was a really nice place to, to get a dinner.
1: Hey, I am super impressed. Look at you. Super husband, uh, taking taking the, the wife, uh, for a little, little, uh, R and R and I, I yeah, mean, my, my hat off doing to doing you. On-
0: we're not going to Outer Banks, not going to Hawaii, not going to Key West. Let's go to Mammoth Cave.
1: So I, I haven't been to Mammoth Cave. It's probably, I mean, gosh, it's been 20 years. I bet my concern now. I'm not a small human, and I, I, some of the places I remember going. Um, I think there was, in fact, an area in the cave called Fat Man's Misery or something like that, mm-hmm. where you had to kind of squeeze through this real narrow place in the, in the, in one of the passageways. So that, that might, uh, might give me pause going back. But yeah. Echo that is great tour. And you want you want a little piece of Kentucky trivia?
0: Oh, absolutely! I'm always up your, for Kentucky trivia.
1: Your your new your new um, co host of the Eleven Dubcast is a proud Kentucky Colonel.
0: Oh, I did not know that. That's fantastic. how did How did you come by that? Because I mean, for those who don't know, <laughs> like Kentucky Coloneldom, right, is something that's conferred upon you know someone in Kentucky who's like done contributions to state culture and things like that. So what? How did you become a Kentucky Colonel?
1: So the the and you you described it you described it really well. So a commission in the the uh, honorable order of Kentucky Colonels is conferred by the governor of the Commonwealth, um, and and usually is in recognition for some something that you've done. And so in my case, back in my in my uh, farm radio days, the radio network where I worked um, also produced. Ag news content for the state of Kentucky. So we're on all oh, forty or fifty radio stations across Kentucky doing the ag commodity markets. And so I, one of my listeners was a Kentucky colonel and nominated me for a commission for for covering the the one of the state's most important industries. And the the governor granted that commission. And so I've been a. Uh, a proud member of the order ever since so wow get a little got a little sticker on my car and uh have this <laughs> have the commission hanging on my wall along with my my diplomas and so on and so that's fantastic yeah, congratulations fun little, of, fun little piece of trivia oh yeah i love that it, it's it's probably you know that and five dollars will get you a cup of coffee at starbucks but it's uh
0: hey uh, it's the, it's the official knighthood of the commonwealth of kentucky that's pretty that's pretty damn good i actually know I mean, what's really funny uh about a week ago i met another kentucky colonel which is kind of interesting. <laughs> um, we had a speaker in my classroom and he was he's originally from Kentucky and he had done a bunch of survey work. He was an architect. He had a bunch of, done a bunch of survey work in Kentucky, like preserving old buildings and things like that's that. That's awesome. And uh, they gave him a commission. So that's amazing. One of the I gotta things get I myself. Love. I got to go back down to Mount Sterling where my, you know, my grandparents' family are from and, uh, <laughs> When help I, them out when, something i want i want i want that damn colonel shit let's go
1: when i got um, commissioned it was it meant a lot to me then because when i was um in high school my first internship so it was it was interesting our high school major and the internship was you know was different than, than a college internship i suppose it'd be more probably like a, a job shadowing um in a sense i'd I don't remember any work that I actually had to, you know, be super responsible for. But my my internship was with the common police court judge in our county. He was just this great man, real, you know, grandfatherly. Kind of reminds you of um Herman Munster's character and my cousin Vinny in terms of like he was a he was a very imposing gentleman, you know, very tall, kind of southern gentleman, very, you know, very well dressed, distinguished, and and so on. So I, I love Judge McMullen. He was a great man. He was super kind to me. And right behind his chair in his office, you know, he had the great high back leather chair and the big sure. desk, not quite like the resolute desk, but big, uh, and right behind him was his commission in Kentucky colonels. It wasn't his law school diploma. It wasn't his, you know, undergraduate diploma or any of these kind of things. It was it was his, his, uh, commission from the governor of the Commonwealth. So that always meant something to me. But the other thing that's really cool about the order is the amount of money that they put back into the community. Um, oh, sure, yeah. and, and just, I mean, it's really incredible the yeah. money they raise and, uh, so on. So anyway,
0: that's fantastic. Yep. Well,
1: yep. good I, times.
0: I am happy to end the dubcast on that incredible piece <laughs> of trivia. That, that's like one of our best outros. I think we've done. No, that's great. That's, uh, I don't, you know, god now i gotta like i gotta introduce you as like colonel vance now i mean it's gonna be you know it's a whole thing going forward but i'm excited to have you i'm excited that uh ohio state is kicking ass and uh, i think we're gonna have a good season going forward thanks thanks for being the new co-host here andy
1: i'm excited thanks for having me go bucks